everybody. Welcome back to the Good Bit Podcast and welcome to a brand new season. We are here. Thank you very much for joining us. We very much appreciate you tuning in to the audio version on all of your favourite podcasting platforms. But now, most importantly, maybe not most importantly, just as importantly, we are here on video form on the YouTube channel. Thank you for tuning in to the YouTube version as well on CM42 TV. And now I can finally see my co-host, ladies and gents, we're back for season three, Aaron Dockard. Welcome back to the Good Bit Podcast. It's been a while, it's been a minute. What have you been up to? Listen, you look great. Thanks. You look great, I must say. It's been a while since I've... Oh, sorry. I forgot. What's up? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, how embarrassing. Hang on. Um, I don't yep. like to be... I don't... I'm not... I'm not being one of those... I just... I forgot. Sorry. Sorry. Wait, you're right. I don't want to be one of those people that like looks down on you for having masks on. No, you know? um, no, it's fine if you. I get it. I, I was being ignorant. I'm sorry. Tell me, I don't care if I get it. I just don't want to infect anybody else. I don't care if I get it, mate. Sorry, it's like. Can you pass? Oh, I've hit my mic. <laughs> it's like. It's your stop, mate. What? It's your stop, mate. Aye. <laughs> uh, or when you go into like a, a restaurant or whatever. And you go and you you walk in with your mate your your mask on. You go up to the person and say, "Hi, I've got a table booked. I've got a table booked for stones for Christopher." Do, sorry, what did you say? Hi, can't hear you with a mask on. I feel like we've just discovered the face mask wearing idea. Him or like playing with it. Face mask. Yeah, it's old news, isn't it? Also, I'm forgetting that we're also on audio version. So if you're not watching the video version, we've just put our masks on because we're not in the same room. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you'll probably be able to hear. Like in a muffled voice. Yeah. I'm taking mine off. I'm safe, mate. I've just had COVID. I'm immune. I'm immune. Right, I'll risk it. I'll risk it. <laughs> so only for you though. Listen, uh, I appreciate that we've been through a lot on this podcast. We started out in a changing room cupboard. Um, which is now changing well, room. no, now it's a changing room cupboard. It originally was a recording studio. Remember that mad small room that we used yeah. to record in in drama college? I think we were the only people to ever record in it when I was there. Only people to ever record in it, but then there was also lots of meetings that would take place, and one day we crashed that during a scene, um, which was hilarious. <gasps> but now it has been transformed yeah. into like a nice, you know, costume cupboard, which is useful for an acting college. You're, you're all in the know with all these latest uh, N-Clan developments. It's very good. It's all about who you know. You might notice <laughs> uh, everybody listening and watching that the quality isn't as sharp as it was before in the last season it's because we're using zoom so we can record the video as well i tried recording ultra 4k 1080p hd video for you know on zencaster the old thing we used to use but it, it is if i'm being honest it's too much for my laptop to handle so we're now just using zoom for the time being until we figure out another way to do it as long as we're sounding okay i think it's okay i'm happy with it uh uh, the la- I think the last time, no, we've done a few video podcasts, haven't we? Well, we've been able to see each other, but we've not, we've not. No, I know, but we've done some that have been oh, on the you mean. channel, haven't we? That we filmed and just like from one angle or whatever, yeah. Yeah, didn't we? Yeah, we did. did a couple, I, I specifically remember the Mamma Mia 2 episode with you and Ferguson. We, did, we definitely filmed that one. Um, And we filmed one that was meant to be like your last episode or whatever, you know? before you moved to yeah. London. And then you were on like three episodes later. Um, we, we filmed hair. that one. Say, say again? I had my silly hair. 
What was silly about your hair? Everything. It was like, it looked like, I think someone told me I looked like Margaret Thatcher. (laughs) I thought it was quite good. (laughs) I don't, I can't recall. I don't know. I never met Margaret Thatcher. Um, Yes. And we also, we also filmed uh, the one that you weren't involved in. We did like a multi-cam shoot one. Well, I don't want to hear about that. With you and and Leanne. And that was like early days. It was great. And I think we should do it again, but it was a lot of editing involved, but that's fine. Well, I didn't get an invite, so you can you can forget about that. You weren't in the country. I wasn't, no. But it would be nice to get an invite. You're not in the country right now either. Of course, are you? I'm in a country. <laughs> what is the country? Scotland? No, I'm not there. So you're not in Scotland. Where are you? Right Very now? rarely there. Very rarely there anymore. I'm actually don't really speak like this. I'm just putting on an accent, so I speak to you. I How sound you? like this, mate. Hello, <laughs> hello. How are you? I'm going down the chimneys. <laughs> Michael King. They all sound like this. I've been living in South London too long. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got to go, go on the phone to Chris. Let me remember. Uh, 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 hello, hello, hello. How are you? Yeah, I'll speak like that. I, uh, I I know plenty of people who have like changed their accents because of where they live now. Who? <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember by name. Um, but but like where? Where have they moved? Or even just like, okay, someone who I know is very Glaswegian and then goes to, I don't know, Edinburgh University. And they come back a little bit and they kind of talk like that. It's got a bit of an R to it. You know, and everything's a bit more pronounced. Um, oh. Just because of the um, because of the people that I'm around. Um, you know? see, see, down here, when I speak, especially when I speak passionately about something, and if I go, oh, you know, it's like this. Yeah. I get repeated back to me. Oh, you know, like this. Like, <laughs> And so... I actually find myself becoming a bit of a parody of myself around English people because uh, I'm just like, I'm the Scottish one now. Whereas oh, um, in Scotland, uh, you know, it's just... Uh, in Scotland, well, you may be known as the English one. Um, well, exactly. A lot of people a lot of people in Glasgow I met um, thought I was English. Why um, is it that when you say something, not you in particular, but why is it when we say something somewhat funny, funny sounding or maybe it's a little bit incorrect people like to repeat it back to you in the mockery you know what i mean people do it all the time like that you said something in a different accent that came out really scottish and then your friends are like trying to do the imitation of you you know what i mean yeah i think it's a thing though i do it to them or do you it's like oh no you're going to do that well not that any of my friends speak like that but yeah well some of them do actually well, you I would do that as a joke though because you because like they were doing it to imitate because you're, you're scottish you've got a different accent Whereas we all speak English, you know. We all speak. Oh, we speak speak the language. Yes, but yes, the accent the accent's different. But it's so di- there is no English accent. That's also a thing. It's like varied as can be. I see. Um, yeah, but it's like I mean, when you see, you know, we're actors now. Apparently, yeah. You see these breakdowns come through, and they're like, "We want a Scottish accent." You're like, "What is that?" When that's I'm like, a, that's a whole country. <laughs> exactly. When I'm applying for things Where? and they ask for a Scottish accent, do I write, you know, has a Scottish accent? Yeah. Or lives in Glasgow? Because I think yeah. my accent is very neutral. I think my accent is I could get away with a lot of things because the Glasgow accent is meant to be really harsh, you know, and you really need to speak like that because I'm from Glasgow, which I don't speak like that. I, I'm quite general, you know what I mean? But then what does general Scottish mean? 
No, you've got a nice soft uh, Glasgow accent, I'd say. Do I? I think. Yeah. Well, listen, but you. Still... anytime I was around you, people in my, like my family and stuff would always say, you always change how you speak when you're around Aaron. Really, did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've been trying to like speak a bit more proper, I guess. Because not because it's you, but just because I'm around another person. <laughs> well, well, Aaron's just left now. Mum, what's for dinner? <laughs> I go back to my original state. Yeah, I think also just because you have a very, you had a very strong Perth accent when I first met you. Ugh, did I? Then it just came out again if... when I first met you. No. I don't think Perth has, I don't say, I don't know if Perth has an accent. It was probably just, to be honest, it's probably just, I think year groups, especially at the school I went to, they just like sound, everyone sounds the same in the same year. Really? Like my brother and sister, I'm just like, you sound, you all sound the same. And I'm sure we just end up all sounding the same. Um, oh, I think maybe I've departed from it a wee bit, but I probably haven't. I mean, other people I know from Perth, um, Perth, Perth. Perth, yeah, I would say Perth. Other people from Perth um, have a bit of an accent, but it's not. I'd also thought it was yours was quite strong. You, you really? Yeah, not so much these days. I think you're you're a lot more like um, just neutral <laughs> speaking English, not an English accent, but just you're just got a good accent now. But when I first met you, definitely. I don't know what I am now. I'm confused. I can feel when I'm speaking that I'm not. I'm not. I'm not settled on anything. I can do anything. Not, not in a, like a, I can do anything way. I'm just like, which way do I go with this conversation? Depends on the day of the week, really. It's not nice. I want to know who I am. You know what I mean? I get you. Well, know who I am. You know what I mean? Like that's not me. I want to know who I am. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what my voice is. I've been saying that a lot recently. I've been going. Do you know? Don't. Do you know? I, I, I do the same. I don't know why. Do you know? You, do you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I say. I say that all the time. Do you know what I mean? And I've and, and they do. <laughs> That's all that I saw them asking. That's good. They go, yes. <laughs> yeah, because I say it, but I'm not actually asking the question. You see what I mean? Like, I'm not, do you know what you're I mean? Just, you're, you're kind of saying what I'm saying when I'm saying that is, I'm not an idiot. I'm, I'm not, you know, do you know what I mean? You know, we're, we're the same, you and me. I'm making you know a mean? point and I know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's you like know what a, I mean, it, it joins up the sentences, I think. Cracker McFlurry the other day, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Oh, it's good, you know, McFurries. Also, you know McFurries. One of our old lecturers, Ian, who has been on the show many times, that's something he would yeah. say all the time. You know what I mean? Like, you know what? It's probably from him. He affected us greatly. He did affect us greatly. He's going to be on the show again when we do a wee sort of James Bond style special. Um, I spoke to him the other night. He's, he's up for it. He's up for coming on again. He, uh, I remember bollocks. He said bollocks a lot. I mean, it's bollocks. He said like, he said once, you know, Shakespeare, it's like, you know, every monologue in Shakespeare, especially saying, this is bollocks, this is bollocks, and I'm bollocks, and everything's bollocks. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? And I remember going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I just learned something. <laughs> well, that's easy. <laughs> yeah, but then he, he changed his tune a lot, and it wasn't like, you know, as, as he had to, you know, as a lecturer. I like that. I like that, though. I like people. I respect people who have strong hot takes on things one minute and then the next day you speak to them about it and they've thought about it and they've gone you know what no it's not that i'm like yes i'm sorry it goes um, back to the whole we can't speak about the film straight away at the cinema we need to go and have a lovely dinner first and then chat about it on the podcast yeah but also i'm sure i, I like that we've had films we've seen and we've gone pish or brilliant and then we go actually you know what i don't like that film 
We flip flop. It's good. It means you care. You know? It does mean you care, but it just develops your opinions and stuff. And I think you know the, more, I mean? the more you watch a film, do you know what I mean? Uh, really changes your opinion, changes your viewpoint on it and stuff. I also think if you watch it loads and you get sick of it, you know, that's one thing. If you watch it loads and you don't get sick of it, then we're talking like favourite film territory, you know? I sometimes have a thing when I watch a film that I like, that I've seen once in the cinema or something and I've gone like, great. And sometimes I watch it a second time and I'm a bit bored or something. And the film's still great, but it might change my opinion a bit. I might think of it in a different way going, just kind of subconsciously going, oh, well, that's a bit of a boring film, isn't it? Rather than, because when you see it for the first time, it's just... It catches you in the hype sometimes. It does. Yeah. Uh, Tell us about Licorice Pizza without spoiling it, because I've not seen it yet. And I know you love Paul Thomas Anderson. And I guess knowing the fact it was a Paul Thomas Anderson film, you were looking forward to going to see it. Did you have that hype, you know, going to see it? Yes, I had the hype. PTA, as I've heard it called. PTA. You see PTA, PTA film. I'm like, as you know him, Paul Thomas Anderson, PTA. I like that. Um, Yes, I saw it in the cinema um, about two weeks ago. And I, I'm, it, it, I'm not going to spoil it. No. I don't know what I could spoil, to be honest. But it left me in two minds. I was in two minds about it. Really? I'm going to say that. I, on the one hand, loved it, obviously, because it was everything. But <laughs> it, uh, it was everything that I... Uh, it was just a great experience. Paul Thomas Anderson, you know, it's going to be fucking brilliant characters, brilliant writing. Um, and just, it just a gorgeous film. It looks so good. Um, combine all that together and you're having a good time. But on the other hand, uh, in terms of, st- it didn't, story didn't satisfy me. Oh, but then okay. I think back, well, am I satisfied story-wise with any Paul Thomas Anderson? Is that what I like about them? And maybe it's not. I'm thinking about There Will Be Blood. And I'm thinking, that is a strange sort of story, but it kind of, I don't know. All right. Well, Still in two minds about it. Uh, is it one to see on the big screen? Just the yeah. way you said it was like, a, it was a very beautiful film. Or whatever. I wondered if you're talking about like the colors and the landscapes and stuff. The, I mean, the, I, I wish I could name here the cinematographer he he used on this film off off by hand, but but the, it is stunning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, and the mu- actually, yeah, the music. Oh, really? Some of the best. Oh, the best soundtrack. The thing with this film, I'm going to say, it is you. If it wasn't a Paul Thomas Anderson film with the his writing and his directing and all the actors and the performances and the characters. With the story itself, I might you might be bored. You might be sort of checking out. But the thing that makes you not check out is just the the, the individual scenes within it. The acting, the 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 characters. Oh, oh just it's just I mean, mesmerizing. That's you all come you out have to say. That's all you have to say. But, but but you come out of it and go, what what really happened there? But it doesn't really matter. So that I'm in two minds. You can hear, I'm torn about it. All right. No, I like that. That sounds good. It's good to kind of have yeah. two different opinions on a film. And I guess next time we chat, I'll I'll bring you my... I'm going to try and catch you in the cinema next week. Joe, I did see uh, uh, The Lost Daughter on Netflix. Another no, one? The, no, no. Tell me. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal 
Oh, yes. Her directing debut. Oh, really? Um, she's directing the film? She's directing the film, and she helped write it or adapt it. And um, Olivia Coleman's in it, and... Mm. Um, oh, my God. Names. Names. Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson. I will say, this film... Are you con- You look concerned. Are you looking it up? Yeah, because it's not Dakota Fanning that's 50 no, shades Dakota, of Grey. Dakota Johnson, right? Yes, Dakota Robin Johnson. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, Dakota Johnson, Dakota Johnson uh, I've seen in a few films and she's good and, you know, fine, but I've never uh, taken notice of her in the same way as I did when this film. This film, she is, well, just a mesmerizing performance. Mm. She just... Just so such a mystery about our performance. Like I've, I've, you've got to watch it. I think right. it's, I think it's, I think it's an underrated. It's gone under the radar her performance in this film because she's What's kind it of known for kind of. It's called the the Lost Daughter. Netflix, Netflix. Watch it. Okay. Quite cerebral, but good. Sorry, I interrupted you. Can it go under the radar? Sorry. I think I don't think the film's gone under the radar. It's got quite 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 a lot of hype and and stuff. But I think. Her performance in this film has gone under the radar. I don't hear anybody talking about it, but I think it's fucking good. All right, that sounds good. Um, Do who, we swear? I forgot. Yeah, you can. Who cares? Um, who directed this film? Rachel. That was a wee Batman Rachel, joke yeah. there. Exactly. My phone's ringing. I'm she, not answering it. Who is it? It's my friend Joshua. From work. <laughs> Joshua's been on the show oh. before. I fell whacked her. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, on the good bit. On the good, but yeah, before COVID, I probably know that. So that's like end of season one. <laughs> then we had COVID, and then it was season two, and now we're season three. Welcome back, Aaron. Nice to see you. Season three. How are you doing? Season three. I think it was a good idea. Uh, we had come up with that idea of having seasons in lockdown. That's it. Give it gives a good out. It's like we've had a big break, but that was the end of season two. If we do ten of these, you know, and we're getting another season. Another season, perfect. But it's going to get ridiculous after a while. What? Season 9, Season episode f- 17 and stuff like that. It's going to be like Friends. Listen. It, it's fine. Another, there's two films that I haven't spoke to you about, I don't think, that I'd love to see if you've seen. First off is The French Dispatch. Oh, yeah. Um, I know yeah, it was kind that. of the start of the year, but or it was late last year. Um, End of last year, yeah. Yeah. You know, you have to catch Wes Anderson films in the cinema. What did you think? I, I thought... I, I actually thought a very similar thing to watching Licorice Pizza. Yeah, exactly. I, know I wasn't mean. very satisfied by the story. Um, but it was brilliant. Satisfied <laughs> as, I'm, as in, as yeah, as in, I'm not satisfied with this. I meant like, like satisfied, you know, you don't get whatever. Um, yeah, I wasn't very satisfied with the story, but um, I fucking loved it. <laughs> brilliant. Um, yeah. He's I so thought, creative. No one makes films like him. And yeah, uh, it's, it's so inspiring, yeah. isn't it? Right? Yeah, what did yeah. you think? You liked it? Yeah, I liked it, but I, I feel like we could have. I felt a little bit let down by the fact that, you know, we got to the to the three separate stories, really, isn't there? Throughout the film. Uh-huh. And at the end of the first one, I was in on the first one. Mm-hmm. So I wanted it to continue. So after the first one ended, I was like, oh, so that put a damper on it. But then I really liked the second story. I think the second story was maybe my favorite one. No, no, no. I think the first one was my favorite one. What was the one with um, Benicio Del Toro? Yeah, the first one. The first one. one. That, oh, was my, that was my favorite really one. one. Yeah. Um, but then I really liked the second one. 
And then that one ended. So I was like, oh. So you see what I mean? So it was like there were all three good stories, but I wanted more from all three of them. Um, and I yeah, and, and um, kind of halfway through the second one, I was like working it out in my head, this is what it's going to be. And I guess yeah. that kind of threw me off because it took my attention away from watching the film. But you didn't really need your attention because it's three short stories, you know? Very similar experience with Licorice Pizza. It's not as cut and dry as literally Wes Anderson obviously does the whole fourth wall sort of part one, part two. It's not as cut and dry as that, but... yeah. Very similar vibe of like sort of completely separate sections of this movie that have, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also one to see in the cinema just with his visuals and his and the sound and he's just brilliant. Um, and I mean, when I saw Ale of Dogs, for example, in the cinema, I really enjoyed that cinema experience more so than watching it just on the TV in my room, you know. But yeah. then again, I've, I didn't see the Grand Budapest Hotel in the cinema. However, everything I've seen that in my house... I've loved it. I wonder how much I would have loved it on the big screen. So it's going to be interesting whenever I get the, the French Dispatch, um, on whether it's on Blu-ray or if it's just on, on a streaming service and seeing how much it holds up at home. I, I assume it will because of the nature of like the short attention span kind of way it's filmed. But um, yeah, I thought that was brilliant. The other one was King Richard, the tennis film. You didn't see I it? I didn't see it. I, I just I thought, because you, obviously you're a tennis oh. fan. I wanted to. It's great. I, I will yeah. still watch it, but I, it passed me by at the cinema. These listen, oh, things like that happen all the time. Um, even licorice pizza is. I've, I've there's like one show in a day now. You know what I mean? So it's like I've totally missed yeah. it. You know what I mean? Um, know what I mean? But King Richard was great, and I, I would recommend it. Most so you like that film, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's a tennis film, obviously, but it's yeah, less yeah. of a tennis film than Battle of the Sexes was. You see, like Battle of the Sexes with Steve Carell and Emma Stone was a great film, but it was it was a tennis film, very tennis. Um, and like the main thing is obviously this tennis game that's going to happen. Whereas the main theme of King Richard is their story, not so much the tennis. Um, and I think mm. that helps it. I think that helps mm. it. Really interesting. As not a big tennis, no, I don't like tennis, but I just don't follow it as much as you do. I know Serena Williams, you know, and I know Venus Williams. Yeah. And I just assumed that was going to be the, the theme. It's like Serena Williams is the star, Venus is her sister. Whereas I didn't know that at first Venus was the one that had like all the potential and everyone was looking at, and Serena felt like the outcast. And that's kind of like the whole film is focused on Will Smith's you know vision for the two of them, and Venus gets the spotlight. And I didn't know that. So even that I didn't know about. So that kind of had my enjoyment of the film because it was it was one that was like, oh, that's a, something I've learned. You know, it was a story yeah. that I didn't know. Um, and Will Smith does a brilliant job. There's something about him. He's not known as a brilliant actor, but he's such a like just mm. such a brilliant performer and everything he does. When he's on a talk yeah. show and he's he's talking to Graham Norton or whoever, you just can't stop watching him. He's being himself, and you can tell he's not being fake either. And that's why you like him. Yeah. But then when he's on screen, you know he's very famous. It's Will Smith, but somehow he's able to. You know, you forget he's a great actor. You know, same, same as like Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise. These people are so famous that you watch them. Ah, it's you know watching Tom Hanks act here, but they're so good you still get lost in their films. There's some Oscar buzz, is there not around his performance? In this Don't film? know, not heard of it. I've heard that. Um, I I need to see it. I'm obviously I know uh, loads about that situation in real life just because of my tennis. Obsession. Um, yeah. 
what I, what I do always think about uh, Serena and Venus Williams is I, I feel like in the general public sort of world, not necessarily tennis fans, like Venus Williams is kind of lost a bit because yeah. of Serena's monumental success and like being the greatest of all time, you know, in terms of like stats and Grand Slam wins almost um, and just what she's achieved. And But you forget that Venus Williams, I think she, Grand Slams, which are the biggest tournaments in tennis, it's very hard to even win one. And Serena's right. won 23. <laughs> um, Crazy. And Andy Murray, Andy Murray, for example, has won three. And that was fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think Venus has won something like 14 or something, which is ridiculous. It's obscene. It's so many. I, I, I don't know the, the number exactly, but it's so many. And and if if she didn't have this unbelievably successful sister, she'd be like... <laughs> the most famous tennis player ever. One, one of the greatest of all time, but... She's got this sister who, who's become the greatest of all time. It's interesting. It probably, I bet that film kind of clears things up for people, which I think is good as well. Lots of lots of great performances in that film. Totally recommended. But let's chat about the film that is the highlight of today's episode. Yeah. I feel like we've spoken about the other films more. Um, but this is Don't Look Up, the Netflix film starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Jonah Hill, Meryl Streep, and a bunch of others. Uh, a bunch of other great actors, actually. It's a really strong cast. It's a really strong idea for a film that they were brave to tackle. And as soon as I heard what the film was about, I went, I now understand why DiCaprio was doing this kind of safe film for him, role-wise. But, but it's on Netflix. He's the, you know, arguably top five biggest actors in the world. He can do anything he likes. Why has he chosen this film? Because he's so passionate about all this stuff, climate change, the future of the world, the leadership and all that stuff he's talked about in his Oscar speech. Um, and at first I was like, okay, this is just more, you know, they don't do like a song with like Justin Bieber or something about the planet being green and all that stuff. And I was just like, oh, this is another thing that, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio was doing to promote this message. Then when you start watching the film, you find out it's much more than that. It's a total satire on what the world is becoming. And it's very, very real. It's quite scary at times not because it's a horror and there's any jump scares, but because of the potential future of what's going to happen in the world. But it's also very funny. And the, and the comedy and the satire really, really helps the film. Because if it was just, you know, the message that we're getting across this film, people would roll their eyes at the film. People are already rolling their eyes at this film. But people wouldn't give it time of day. The comedy makes it easy to watch for a, for a topic that's a really touchy subject, really, especially for someone as famous as DiCaprio. Um so from my, I guess from my description, you may be able to tell that I really like this film. I know some people are a little bit sour on it because, you know, the message that it's promoting and the politics behind it. But I think it's really, really good. I think it's very well made, very well edited, actually. Um, and yeah, what did you think? Well, um, I was extremely, I think about, like a lot of people, extremely hyped about this film because I was thinking about this. It kind of has all my favorite actors in it. <laughs> Meryl Streep, Leo, Mark Rylance are oh yeah, hilarious. Are definitely character. three of my favorite actors ever. Um, who I would watch a film just because they're in it. Yeah, and so obviously I was going to watch this film. Um, so I was hyped. I think I and I, I'm going to say I like the film. I really like the film. I would probably watch it again yeah. um but 
and Jonah Hill, I must say, I really like Jonah Hill. Um, he's kind of underrated as an actor. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people who haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street are kind of going, Jonah Hill. It's like exactly, he's like this comedy guy, film. and he's actually great. Yeah. yeah, no, no, he's brilliant. Um, I think the problem, the the the, the crux of the issue with this film for me uh, about the whole discussion about it about everything is I think it hyped itself too much. Okay. It kind of was marketed before it came out as this, like, it kind of did it to itself. So Meryl Streep, DiCaprio, Rylance, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, John Hill, all together, Adam McKay. Kate Blanchett. Climate change. Clay, all this cast. I mean, it's, you could list it forever. And um, it's going to, it's going to, it's about the world today. It's changing. It's going to change the world, essentially. It's kind of what they were saying about this film. And it might do yet, but. It's a good film. It's a good film. It's entertaining. It's got a message. It's entertaining. Um, whatever you, you know what I mean? It's funny. Um, it's not, for me, this life-changing, you know, uh, sonata or whatever. I don't know, this piece of brilliance that is going to shift the earth on its axis. Pardon the pun. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, but that's fine for me. But I think why a lot of people are sort of, there's a sort of a mixed opinion about it is I think because a lot of people were kind of going in with those expectations. Okay. If you're expecting the, the film of the decade, you're not, you're just going to be disappointed. Most films you watch. I reckon there was a bit of that about. So I thought I'd say that, but I didn't really, I, I didn't really expect it to be, you know, one of my favorite films of all time. And it wasn't one of my favorite films of all time, but, I really liked it. As you say, if you're going in with that expectation to any film, you know, it's greatest be film tough. ever made, it's going to be tough to get over that barrier. You for, know, like... for me, it was exactly what I thought it would be. I, I thought, I, I thought, and you know, I was thinking back to the Big Short, Vice, yeah, yeah. which is kind of the direction he's going down. Um, I liked the Big Short, like the Big Short a lot. Um, Vice was okay, but. Um, so I kind of knew it was going to be like that. I knew that it was obviously going to be stunning performances and probably pretty stunning writing. Um, and that's going to carry a film, like we're saying. Like, it's, it's, it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be interesting. Um, what I didn't expect was the end. Yes, let's talk about that. that uh, and I think that was the right choice because it does, unlike most films, leave you a bit depressed and sad. I guess that's the idea, but but what as think... a film, I thought it made it unique. It is unique, kind of the end. It's kind of like Revenge of the Sith in a way. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, let's always bring it go, back to Star Wars. Oh. Yeah, but it's. I can't think of an uh, Revenge of the Sith for me is one of the one of my favorite films of all time because the bad guys win. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just love how that how how they play that out, um, and it's kind of similar in this film. You know, bad guys being, well, I guess. Um, yeah, it's hardly mm. bad guys, is it? It's, it's um, nothing they can really Comet. do about it. It's Comet. Um, yeah, I, it didn't leave me sad and disappointed or depressed, it maybe said, but like I think I was expecting it to um, kind of have that turnaround right at the last minute, like most films do. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been a couple of films recently, I can't think of them offhand, but there's been plenty of times recently in the cinema where I went, all right, glad they didn't just have a happy ending that they always do. Um, so I quite like that. It, it kind of like didn't shook. It wasn't shook, but I was like, "Whoa, wow, okay." Yeah. You know what I mean? Didn't expect that, but 
it totally fit into the nature of the film. That's the message they were trying to get across. That we can we can make a film about it. We can go on the news and talk about it. We can make YouTube videos and TikToks and all this stuff about it. It's still going to happen. You know, we can have all this great acting and we'll put together this great cast and it's been a very well-made film. But at the end of the day, this could still happen. You know, I guess that was the point. Um, I wonder if, though, that I just always think with these things, people who don't think climate change is an existential threat, are they going to be watching this movie and going, oh, you know what, it actually is. Yeah, I get you. Do you think people are going to take so, like the huff a little bit and just be like, I'm not watching this film. I mean, come on. What are you preaching me to? Fuck off. More nonsense. I mean? Yeah, like that's not, I don't think that's going to be the case. I, th- I don't know. I just think with all these things, I don't know what the answer is, but I just feel like it's probably a load of people like us and, you know, people who, who do, do, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's trying to get people like us to take action, people who, who believe in it, but, but, but maybe aren't, I don't know. I just think the people who don't believe in climate change aren't going to, you know. They're it's not, not, it's take... not like we're like, oh, thank God for this film because now those people who don't believe in climate change are going to change their opinion. Like that's, that's well, not that's what we're saying. Thing. I don't know. I don't, it's very tricky. It's like, I'm what, assuming what that was the point. About those people? Is, is that one of the objectives of the film? To try it and change have... people's opinions? Maybe, maybe, but surely. I don't know. I just can't picture someone watching and going, well, you know what? <laughs> I think it's real. Because, yeah, because it is that a lot pretty bad. <laughs> is that because of the comedy? Do you think that people are thinking, oh, this is just taking the piss then? No, no, not the comedy. Um, just that this the, it's got a very clear message. And mm. and part of the whole point of the film is that so many people, even when there's very clear science about a thing, can can sort of be radicalized in a direction where they like don't believe it. So yeah. Those people no, are enough. already they already don't believe I don't know. I don't know what the answer to this is. It's kind of a pointless conversation in a way, but I think it's interesting just to be like, who's it for this film then? <laughs> yeah. I get, yeah. Well, That's I mean, for us, it's on Netflix. So it's for everybody. Is it, is it preaching to the choir? I, I always think with these things, is it just people going, yep. Oh God. Climate change is bad. Eh? Let, let's watch a film about it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but but uh, like I say, with the end of the film, I do think it stands out. It is unique. It does stand apart from other films that might have a message or whatever. Um, but yeah. Nice. Uh, I actually didn't hear anything about the film beforehand. So really, maybe that added to my enjoyment. Maybe I was living under a rock or whatever, but I was a very busy December, I must say. But I didn't see, maybe I just wasn't on Netflix at all. But you're talking about this big hype thing. You know, I had to, people were telling me about it. The film and I was like, what about it? And then I went on and I looked at the cast and I was like, oh my God. And when I read the cast list, that made me want to watch it, not because I saw any trailers or any hype about it. So I think that really? helped my enjoyment of the film just because I was told it was good, great watch, new DiCaprio film. And I was like, all right, yeah, then, you know. that that That's what got me hyped about it. Like, was it even a year ago where like the first really? little snippet was announced and it was Leo's film? And I was like, oh, Leo's next film. <laughs> Everyone wants to see Leo's next film. It kind of started from that as me, right? From uh, from me, uh, but then it evolved into and Mel Streep's in it, and Mark Rylance is in it, and Adam McKay. It's his, he's written Jennifer it. Lawrence um, is really good too. I think we should we should highlight her. She's really really good. Yeah, um, Meryl Streep as the as the president. You're yeah. thinking it's going to be one thing, a female president, you know, and it's Meryl Streep. We all love Meryl Streep, and then she's total like 
this is what mm. Trump was like. And you know what I mean? It's like, this is totally the opposite of what you expect. And she's like Jonah Hill's mum and stuff. Like, it's just like, oh, that was really cleverly, cleverly written. Um, mm. Timothy Shalamala Ding Dong, uh, Timothy Shalami, who is getting a lot of buzz and is getting a lot of work. <laughs> he's in Everton. Um, I keep saying to myself, I'm not a fan of him, but he's yet to, he's yet to really let me down, really. He's actually really good. <laughs> Yeah, you can be not a fan. I think not a fan doesn't miss necessarily mean you hate something. I'm like, think... I'm not a fan of, you know, uh, the Star um, Wars sequels. No, uh, I'm trying to think of something now. I'm not a fan of uh, of radiators. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't love. I'm not a big fan of radiators. I'm a fan of radiators. I love radiators. I love a bit I, of radiation. I, I bleed them all the time. I like radiators. It's nice to have them there. They're essential for me. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fanboy. Oh, I fucked myself here. <laughs> I think I know what you're getting at. You can still use them and appreciate them, but it's not as if you walk about wearing a t-shirt. No, I'm not a fan. I won't watch a film just because Timothy Chalamet's in it, but he just happens to be in all the films. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I watch him quite a lot. Fine, yeah. And he's good. He's a very good actor. Obviously, he's talented. Yes. I think a couple um, of the roles I saw him in originally, um, he was a little bit dry. And I think the first like uh, impressions are massive, especially in film. And the especially me, like I'm quite stubborn that way where they, they stick with me. You know what I mean? Like that's what I think of that person. And then I love it when they win me over. You know what I mean? I love it when it's like, oh man, I've seen like six of the films now and they're great and everything. You know, I'll uh-huh. go see the next one. You know, so hopefully that happens with, with Timothy. Uh, that's what I mean about this, about this cast. Ariana Grande pops up too you know why mm. you know he does a good job uh kid cuddy hamish patel um let's mm-hmm. see ron perlman mm-hmm. it's a crazy cast um i mean so yeah i didn't yeah. see all this beforehand so maybe that's why like you were kind of had a tinted enjoyment of it but you know i, I still really like that i didn't have a tinted enjoyment of it i'm saying i think that's why it was a mixed response I see. I I liked it, and I went in thinking I'd like it, and so I was perfectly fine. People are kind but of then, like, of course, I looked. I looked at the reaction. I was so like, oh, it's got mixed reviews. Yeah, oh, interesting. Why? Because I thought it was good. Um, but I get it. I get it. It's yeah, makes sense to me. It's got um, forty nine meta score right now on IMDb, which is which is low for a film like this. Very low. I saw that as well afterwards. I was like shit i didn't think it was bad i kind of see if i see a film with 49 meta score i'm not gonna probably not gonna watch it oh see i think that's still okay i think when you're getting when you're getting below 40 then maybe you can think about that but 49 still because you know the the meta score is the critics and then a few example like so it's a 49 meta score it's got a 7.2 rating from the fans i was like oh it must be all right then yeah you know what i mean when 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 the meta score picture is red (laughs) you're in trouble yeah i'll still watch it get an opinion what I would say is after this film, I I went down a rabbit hole of, of comets and asteroids. All right. Because that was, obviously, I knew the message was about climate change, but the actual film obviously is about a comet hitting Earth. And I then just went, oh my God, that would be awful. I imagine though, and it can, it can happen. I looked into it now. Like they could say about six months from now, there's this behemoth thing that has come shooting out of space. The size of Mount Everest. Vision. 
the size of Mount Everest and is hurt coming towards us. And we'll, we'd have about six months. Like I was listening to astronomers talk about that and they'd be like, it's probably about right. And it's like, that's horrible. It's a horrible thought. What the fuck? What? Uh, that's always, oh, as an existential thing, like yeah, end of the world stuff that could actually happen, like from space or something. It's, oh my God. What did you make of the, like the final scene then when like the comet hits and, and like a big and, chunk of the earth? Is yeah, out. yeah. But what I'm saying is they're all sitting just having a conversation about the coffee that they make, you mm -hmm. know? Is that how it's going to go down? They're all just sitting there with family, having dinner, talking about something completely irrelevant, and then boom, that's it. I mean, that's the ideal situation, isn't it? Yeah, but it would—it wouldn't be like that, would it? Probably not. People would be. I mean, going, I mean maybe people wouldn't have that. Um, what's the word? Keen of a head, you know? Maybe not. I don't know if I would. No, me neither. Uh, I'd still be thinking. I, I, in my mind, I was going, "What if you're up the other side of the earth? Maybe you should dodge it a wee bit." <laughs> Like, with, like Japan or something that you you dodge it. Yeah, just like, well, it's hit, I guess. <laughs> We've got another month till it hits us. That yeah, we'll be all right. What did you make of of uh, DiCaprio's mad like rant monologue bit when he's in the news thing and you know, uh, Kate Blanchett's character is like, we're going to take a break. And he's like, no, we're, we're not taking a break. Why don't we understand this? And he goes off, and I know a lot of it was improvised and stuff like that. People are saying, oh my God, it's the performance of his life. I mean, it's it's a good moment and it's a, it's a good monologue and it's a good improv scene. Um, but it is, you know, and it's you can tell as well, it's, it's just a lot of shouting, right? It's just DiCaprio, who's a great actor, just happens to be a great actor. But yeah. he's just screaming this stuff. Yeah. But what makes that scene good and why it makes it so stand out because it's him is because he's clearly so passionate about it in real life. <laughs> you see, I mean, yeah, you, can, that's you cool. can hear the passion coming out of his voice. It's just yeah, turned up a cool. little bit because he's acting, you know. It's cool when stuff like that happens in movies when it's a wee bit real. Um, yeah, yeah, I haven't heard people say, oh, it's the performance of his life. It, that's not. Um, it, it, I didn't, I haven't thought about that since actually. I go, oh, yeah, that was a good scene. He was good in that. It was good, yeah. But, um, no, no, sure. This isn't a um, this isn't a DiCaprio performance that has, you know, completely. I'm not Would in you? awe of it. Yeah, I'm kind of in awe of everything he does because I think he's just supremely uh, talented. But this performance, in particular, no, it didn't. It didn't. I haven't. Didn't leave me in the same way as maybe his performances in uh, Django. Or um, even once upon a time in Hollywood. I, I, Absolutely, I, I think his performance in once upon, once upon a time in Hollywood is one, it's one of my favorites. I think he's oh, he's so good in that movie. It's one of my favorite performances of the last decade. I'm going to say that. That's um, one and, of the we were talking about earlier on coming out of the cinema and being uh, like there wasn't much of a story there, but we just loved that experience. Yeah, was so great together. We just loved every aspect of the film. Yeah, and the story was fine, but it's like it was yeah. one of the secondary things about the film that we liked. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people would say story first, and that's yeah. kind of fair. But um, oh no, Leo in that film. Oh. But he's equally good in this film. But it didn't. It in didn't a different way. It didn't didn't get me going in the same way that some of his other performances has. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's a wee bit depressing. The whole thing. It's it's kind of. It's also more subtle for him, and it's more real. You know, he's playing a real person. You know what I mean? Um, I suppose the thing with Leo is he is the sort of the last sort of movie star, if you like. And the whole idea of him and his sort of movie stardom has been like, Leo sort of lives in this world. He's always in these movies about other things, about Hollywood in the 60s or about 
The Revenant. You know, The Revenant or Wolf of What, this moment in time and these sort of fantasy things. It's obviously not literal fantasy, but these these movies, these larger-than-life things that are so separate from reality in a way. And I don't know, maybe to see Leo in a film that is very much of this time and very much grounded in things that are happening now or will happen in the future. But it was, I guess it was kind of jarring to me because I've, I always sort of see Leo as he's a movie star and I yeah. want to see Leo larger than life. Do things large, not, yeah. Or, or in a way, I don't know. Do you know, in this way that sometimes movies, a lot of movies take you away, take you another place. I feel like when you're going to the, like, the Di- DiCaprio verse, it's a place to go, right? Um, this you you can't go to the Caprio verse because you're so throughout the film you're always you're thinking about fuck oh no oh god that was like that it is kind of like that oh I should maybe do less of that oh Instagram you know you're thinking about yeah. so it's like no don't I know Leah's into this but don't part of me it's like don't bring him into this world yeah this yeah is a shit world you, Leo, you're like no. You Stay lose in, yourself you know, when you're watching DiCaprio you, sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you don't, but you can't, you can't lose yourself in this film because it's actually some of it's somewhat real. Exactly. So I'm like, part of me, I'm just thinking of this as I go, but I'm kind of realizing it as I go. But part of me is like, no, Leo, you're, I want to see you. I want to see you. I want to escape to Leo. I want to yes. escape to Leo. I cannot escape to Leo in this film. This is not a feel good film. Not that his movies are, but I don't know. What Django? You're just like, surely, I know it's all, like Django, Wolf of Wall Street, even Great Gatsby, these movies have political messages. They have they have meaning. But there's something so uh, uh, in, in your face and um, stark about this film's. It's just you can't escape. You can't, you can't get away from the message. It's all about the message. And yes, there's comedy. There's amazing acting, great writing. But... Maybe that's why you're you're not as you're not as DiCaprio sort of. Oh my god! DiCaprio. Yeah, because it's because it's kind of mixed in with all these other things that because I mean there's like other great real stars, life. Isn't it? but they're all reacting to the real life situations. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's a very interesting film, and it's probably one I will watch again at some point, but not anytime soon. Mm. But as and listen, we're kind of talking as if it's like this you know, really like it's a really depressing film because of the ending and it's somewhat real and scary. It's a great film and it's it's worth definitely watching, you know, I think anyway. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> well, it's not actually that funny. No, there's, there's funny moments. I didn't, my enjoyment didn't actually come out of the fact that it was funny. My enjoyment came out with the fact that there's just the great writing and great characters again. Mm. Um, and the story, I guess, but thinking back on it, it isn't that funny, but that shouldn't turn you off. No. It's it's good. It's a good film, I think. Nice. Um, just before we sign off here, I've been doing this thing on well, I'm gonna do these things. I'm gonna do this thing on the upcoming episodes of The Good Bit season three. Uh, I'm asking right. the people who are on the show about their first time at the cinema. Um and I was wondering if you can recall, I didn't prep you for this whatsoever, but is there any oh, early early memories that you have of going to the cinema that you can share with us before we go? I feel like I've we've talked about this, have we not? We probably have, but this is just something I'm going to do for the YouTube channel where I'm going to upload right, individual okay. videos. That's just why I'm asking. Oh, okay. Individual videos on YouTube. Shit. Yeah. I'm nervous now. That's just um, why I was like, if you, listen, if you can't remember, that's fine. But just... I think it may have been something like Finding Nemo. Strong. It may have also not been, but 
that's my first memory, I feel. Finding Nemo. Yeah, Finding Nemo. And is that a film that you look back on fondly? Or do you not bother? <laughs> I don't watch it. I haven't, wa- I haven't watched it. Probably. You haven't watched it since, really? No, 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 no. I watched it on like DVD and stuff, but no, I don't. I do look, well, clearly don't look, don't think about <laughs> it very much because I was like, what, what was the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, no. Well, something like, I do remember seeing uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the one with ah, Johnny yes. Depp. Yep. And that must have been pretty. Well, maybe that wasn't that early. 2005, I believe, that film came out. That's pretty early. That's pretty early. Yeah, you would have been. I must what? have been young. Seven? Ma- young. Seven? Yeah. Eight? Well, that's quite late then. Yeah. Monsters Inc. That must have been. Monsters early. Inc. was my first cinema experience in 2001. Oh, well, then when did Finding Nemo come out? Because maybe that may have been mine. Do you know? <laughs> I think Finding Nemo was 2003. This is well, then I must have. I think. Did I see Monsters Inc. in the cinema? Look up. Find the Nemo. Tell me what year it came out. If I've just nailed that. 2003. <laughs> yeah. So one of my weird uh, things I can do. Well, if you were at the cinema in 2001, then I probably was too. I don't know. Well, we didn't know each other in 2001. Um, I yeah, went but... with my family. I was a child. <laughs> yeah, you should have taken me. You bring a friend. <laughs> so yours was, yours was Monsters, Inc.? Monsters Inc. Yes. Um, here's the issue, though. When I ask this question to everybody else, then they end up asking me the question, and I'm going to need to tell the story on every episode. But that's fine. But we well, don't tell the story if you don't want to. But you're sure it was. Well, from my hard me- fact, from my memory, it is yeah. Maybe there was one before that that I was a literal baby, and they took me in, and just because they wanted to see a film, and they didn't know what to do with me, and I sat on my dad's knee for the duration. Maybe that happened. But the first one I can yeah. remember seeing, and it would it makes sense, doesn't it? Two thousand one, I was four. It's a Disney film, like that kind of sounds about right. Um, and yeah, but not it wasn't one of the ones like I went and sat and watched the film and was like glued to the cinema the whole time. Uh, I was one of those kids that would run around in the cinema and stuff. I spoke about this oh, on the YouTube I channel as well. You. And uh, yeah, so there was, I remember vividly in my head, there's like, see the steps going up to the seats. There was like, oh. it was like big steps. And during the film, me and like other kids in that screen were like just jumping on the steps up and down. And now like I hate other people doing that in the cinema. I hate other people eating in the cinema when I, that I'm in. Yeah. Never mind walking up and down the stairs. But obviously it must have been like a afternoon cinema go, you know, um, yeah. just to get the kids out of the house. So I don't think that the parents were that fussed about it. But yeah, that was that was my first memory. Other than that, I definitely saw things like Charlie the Chocolate Factory. I saw Revenge of the Sith in the cinema in 2005. Um, those would have been early memories too. Um, yeah. Around the World in 80 Days, the Jackie Chan one, what year was that? I was definitely early. Saw that one in the cinema. Um, yeah. In- Incredibles maybe, maybe saw the Incredibles in 2004. I don't know, but I can I can tell you, I remember seeing Monsters Inc. at the cinema. It's got to be my first one. Um, I'm interested. I, I don't... Well, it, it clearly isn't my first memory at the cinema because I can't remember it. <laughs> but I may have gone. It's what you think is your first one. It may have been. But, oh, I don't know. I'm going to say Finding Nemo, but it clearly wasn't my first... My first memory. <laughs> I don't life. really care. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Well... I don't know. No, surely not. No, all right. Okay. Did you go see Finding Dory in the cinema when it came out in 2016? Not, no, I didn't see that. Not seen that. Is it good? 
Yeah, yeah. I, we went and saw it like with college people, I think, and like um, we talked about it on the good bit when it came out. I think anyway. Yeah, we did. Well, I didn't. Did I, think I? You, I think you were away by then. All these good bits, I just wasn't invited <laughs> to. <laughs> the excuse is always away. Aye, that was the excuse. But this is before we had Zoom. Um, I would be on the phone to you and be like, Aaron, uh, we're doing a podcast about Finding Nemo. It was the first time you saw it. Something the Sunday market when it came on. <laughs> you should know. I'm. Yeah. You're a fish lover. All right. Um, yes. Yeah. Good to be back on the good bit, yeah? Yeah, brother. Well, listen, take a couple of weeks off because I've got some guests lined up for the next few weeks. And then I want you to watch a film within these next few weeks. Oh. Take some notes. And then you're picking the film we're doing next time. Oh, shit. Are we doing... So we've started... Um... I swear too much as well. I think that as well. I don't know if that's to do with being Scottish, but I swear. It's nothing to do with being Scottish. There's plenty of other nationalities that swear a lot. I know that, but, but it's nice in a Scottish accent. I do think that. Oh, do you think it's nice? nice? Okay. Not no, nice is not the word. Enjoyable. Might no, be the your word. swearing's lovely. Well, there is a difference though. Yeah. Oh, fuck. If I go lovely. shit. That's lovely. Thanks, man. Uh, so oh, oh shit. That's different. It sounds a lot more harsh, doesn't it? Shit. Shit. Well, you can't monetize this. This is I, on YouTube. Oh, well. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's not for kids. You can click that. Yeah, you need to click that. It's not for kids. Um, I know. So you can, listen, we, the thing was we did for season two was that it had to be available for both of us to watch. However, if you come up with a film that I know well and that, you know, if you wish you wanted to do Star Wars, fine. <laughs> no. No, we need to move on. Although I'd, I, I, I do need to watch uh, Boba Fett, so it yes. might just be that. Well, we'll talk about the series next episode anyway. Um, oh, because this is a film podcast. I forget. Oh, we can talk about it well if you want. Yeah. Mm. We've got Boba Fett. Yeah. You will, when you start watching it, you'll be like, okay. Yeah. Don't do that. Can I get this? And then as it goes on, it's like every single other show. You need to give it time and then you'll enjoy. All right. Okay. That's all I'll say. But anyway, thank you very much, everybody, for listening and watching. This is the Return of the Good Bit podcast, episode number one of season three. Uh, my mask over there now, I can't reach it. But thank you very much for listening. Let me know what you thought of the video aspect of it. And uh, tune in next week where uh, Aaron will not be here. And next week on the show, we have one of my fellow acting friends, Madeline McGurk, is going to be on the show. And we're going to talk about a film a lot different than Don't Look Up. And I'll leave you hanging there wondering what the film is. But until next time, from myself and from Aaron D, thanks for listening to the Good Bit P. Peace.